This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. All right, let's talk NBA, shall we? Uh, joining us now here on the Blitz 1170 is a gentleman that um, is not only a uh, guy that trains NBA players, but has an incredible media outreach as well and some great podcasts, and we'll learn more about him coming up in a second. But uh, David Nurse joins us now here on the Blitz 1170, trained nearly 200 NBA players to develop an unshakable mindset. David, thank you so much for joining us here on the Blitz. How are you today, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. So for those that may not be 100% uh, completely familiar with you, kind of go through your backstory a little bit and how you got involved with such a bevy of NBA players uh, from across the, across the landscape. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, just a short story on how I got to, into the basketball realm. Was, I mean, I, I thought I was going to play in the NBA. Now I'm from the Midwest, so you know, a small town Midwest didn't have a very high vertical leap and parents <laughs> probably should have said play tennis or golf, something like that. But I grinded my way to play professional basketball overseas. And, and eventually it all kind of came down on me, like realizing that the NBA was not going to be for me. So made that decision of, I want to coach in the NBA. Didn't have any connections at the time. Now I'm blessed with amazing connections through the NBA. My uncle's a the head coach for the Toronto Raptors, but it was just a long process of, you know, pouring into developing my skill as a shooting coach, a development coach. And five years later, I'm, I'm the shooting coach for the Brooklyn Nets and, and just, just loving coaching in the NBA. And you know what? Uh, it's like, it, like it happens in, in professional sports is when a new head coach comes in, the whole coaching staff is out. So I was on my way, but I, I, I created this gift to actually was blessed with this gift and created this niche of, being able to train NBA players and helping them develop their skill set, their shot, and then so much deeper than that than just what is seen on court, but what is done in the mind is where the real difference maker uh, pertains. And I've just really been blessed with a lot of great players, some who are playing in the in the playoffs right now, having a huge impact, like Demonte Sabonis, Brooke Lopez, Norm Powell. And really, man, just it's been a fun journey, but the credit is to – the players who understand there's another level and that level is unlocked with the mind. When you were playing, did you have an idea that you could be successful as a coach? What clicked in you uh, in your mind that said, you know what, I think I can do this and be successful at it. You know, what's funny. Like I always pushed away from the, Hey, you should be a coach, David. Like my uncle would tell me, my college coach would tell me, it's like, no, nah, I'm a player. I don't want to be a coach. I don't want to do that. But really I, 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 deep down, I knew that was my calling. It's just I didn't want to admit it at the time because I was the, the one who was always studying the film and seeing the details and an ability to see the best in the players on my team and how to set them up for success. A lot of them were so talented, like Aaron Baines, who went on to play in the NBA for many years when I was playing overseas in, great, in Greece, just to be able to help them figure out what their true gift is and how to then develop that true gift. And and so, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have said I could be a player and, and I could shoot it. So I, I had that going for me, but more so was I was able to just get in touch with the mind and, and how to how to unlock that part of total optimization. So I think we're at an incredible time when it comes to coaching, uh, not just in the NBA, but I think in sports in general. You, you know, there was a period of time where unless you played at a certain level, you know, you were kind of looked down upon. 
Uh, you did play mm. professionally, but it was yep. overseas. We have some glowing examples of guys that, that grew up around the oh. sport, that played at a particular level, but maybe didn't quite get a run in the NBA or even ABA back in the day, but yet have turned into some incredible coaches. Andy Reid is a guy in the NFL that does that. You know, we can sit here and talk about Popovich's uh, playing days all that we want. Uh, you're a guy that's kind of gone through that. So that stigma is not there anymore. Why is that? Is that uh, how have we transitioned away from that to allow opportunities for guys like yourself to be successful and then to also grace us and the players with a gift that you have, which is the gift of being able to teach. You know what? That's such a great point that you make there in a, what players want is players at a high level, they want to be coached. They don't necessarily care, oh, this guy was an NBA all-star, because a lot of the times the players that have that just unbelievable God-given ability aren't able to teach it as well. But what players want, and here's what it is, here's why these, co- these coaches are so successful, my, my uncle being one, one of my closest friends, Eric Spolstra, it, it, they actually care about the individual over just the player. So they're pouring into the individual as far as this, their whole life, their character, their, their overall development. And it's not just a, you're a pawn in this action. They care about them. And then they listen to them. They listen to them. It's not just my way or the highway. The old coaching was, Oh, I'm just going to put in this system. You've got to listen to me. This is the way it's done. But no, they're, they're all together on the same page for the same mission but the best coaches, they, they don't necessarily coach every single player the same way because every single person does not learn the same way. They don't have to be coached. It doesn't mean they care for a certain player less than another one. They care for them all deeply. I've seen this many times through Spo, through Nick, through all these, these high-level coaches. Sean McVay out here for the Rams is a friend. Seeing how much they care and pour into it, and they're constantly, they're constantly looking to, okay, how can I help these players? How can I serve? these players so the service mindset is man I, I think that is the the biggest thing that they're making these coaches that not weren't necessarily nba all-stars very successful how often do we lose track of that just in the general public and the media in general because you don't wow. hear that talked about a, a lot at all um we deal mainly um on the co- uh, collegiate side here and i hear coaches and i hear people sometimes say things uh, along the lines of what you were talking about, which is, you know, no matter what is said in general about them, they want to have structure. They want to be coached and they want to have some form of discipline. Now, not the heavy handed nature, but various forms of, of <laughs> discipline within the system that they have. Do you find that also to be truthful? Because I feel like that that also Man. that that also is the same thing from a professional athlete that you just kind of hinted at there is that no matter what level of success that they have, the grind is still there and you have to have parameters within the grind in order for you to reach a certain level. Or if you're looking for perfection, which many times doesn't really exist. Uh, That is so well said. And, and discipline equals freedom. So discipline people's discipline and their habits and their routines, like that gives you freedom to work within that. It's not discipline from a heavy handed, like this is how you have to do it. This is the only way. But you're exactly right. It's so funny when you think about it. Like everybody is so inclined in society today in sports and business of it's what about me? Look at me. I need to be validated. And this is where ego comes in. And I've been around a lot of the top NBA cultures, the Celtics, the Warriors, spent time with a lot of them. And what you see at the top cultures in all sports and all business is death to individual ego. 
is a fully collective, same mission, same vision that people are pouring into. And it's so funny because it's done through serving. It's done through not about me, but how can I give to my teammates? How can I give to my players? And it might sound like a cliche when I'm saying this and you, like, you think about this, like, yeah, that makes sense. But yet very few actually do that. Very few walk in a room and think, well, how can I help the people in this room without worrying about what they're going to give to me? Or how can I make my teammates look great and not worry about what the limelight says to me? And that's everything, man. That service mindset is everything for individuals, for teams, for business, for sports. And I just think that, that people are missing the mark because society has driven us so much to a look at me, look at my staff, look at my Instagram, look at my social media validation. The other part of this that I think plays a significant role, we had this conversation, I believe, earlier this week, Matt, or, or last week. We fall into this trap sometimes from uh, from a sports media or even a society where I hear things like this, like, well, yeah, they only won one, or, yeah, well, that guy didn't win this, or that guy didn't win that. We have lost <laughs> track of the extremely difficult nature that it is to get an entire organization on the same page, not just physically, but mentally as well, and taking a collection of athletes, front office members, coaching staffs, whether it's basketball or football, maybe football a little bit more difficult with just in terms of numbers, but getting all of them to take one giant step forward and stay in lockstep with each other. And when you have one stumble, to have the collective pick that individual up or individuals and bring them back in line. We don't understand how difficult that is with like what it takes to be. Sometimes you got to have a little bit of ego, right? So you've got definitely got to have the skill. There's so much in terms of a combination of things to get everyone on the right path. We lose track of that as a society on how damn hard this really is. Oh my gosh. So well said. It is incredibly hard. Everybody will say, Hey, we want to have a great culture. Like I work with Fortune 500 CEOs and their companies, and they're the same way. They look at, oh, we got to have this piece because they're so talented. But if it doesn't fit, if it doesn't fit the mission, and if all the people, all the individuals aren't on the same path of the same goal for the better of the collective, it just won't work. And yet we get so caught up in this that, that it has to be like the highest level talent, the highest level ability, but it is ultimately – the culture that is always going to win out. And you know, what's it's, it's interesting too, because you're like, you're saying, Hey, they only won one or they won. So I, I talk with Spolster all the time and, and he told me something this past before the, before the season. He said, you know, that the seasons that you lose in the playoffs aren't the most difficult seasons. It's the seasons after you win the NBA championship that are the most challenging because even more so than the, the fuel to win that championship is, the sustaining greatness. So that's why when you see these teams winning multiple championships, when you see the Warriors, the dynasty that they had been, like that's incredibly difficult because one of the most hardest things to deal with is when people do taste success because they don't know how to deal with it. And what I like to tell people is that there is no end result. I've worked with NBA champions and Olympic gold medalists, and it doesn't fill them. That's like that hoisting the trophy of the medal that doesn't fill them. It's the exhilarating challenge of competition and continued growth. And when a team can get on that level, that you're doing it together, that kind of journey for a big mission, not just winning a championship, but for leaving a legacy like the All Blacks have done in New Zealand. That's, that's where your gold comes from. 
We're talking to NBA coach David Nurse here on the Blitz 1170. Uh, David, let's talk about the individual a little bit. You talked about how you kind of get into yeah. these shooters' minds when they get stuck in their ways and their ego comes comes into play as far as shooting and everything. So how do you accomplish that? Is that something that's do, done off the court? Or is that, you know, kind of conversations and shooting drills that, you know, coaches can pick up? Yeah, it, it, a lot of it is done off the court. But that's through the, the mindset development. So what you're talking about is like shooters having – having slumps and a lot of shooters will base they'll base their confidence on the results meaning if the shot goes in or not but if you focus on the results the results always going to change and no one's going to make every single shot but in the, that's what causes players to start to doubt themselves to start to hesitate and that hesitation moment that's the killer like think about the difference between a normal player and Steph Curry Steph Curry misses 15 shots in a row he's shooting this, the 16th shot the same exact way anybody else does that they're hesitating, and that's the killer. That's the killer of confidence. So this is what it's really helped change Norm Howell. He's so, he's so committed to the mindset development. He's an incredible player, incredible human being. But when he was in Toronto, he was so concerned with the results, points per game, shooting percentage. And like I said, when you focus on the result, it can drive you nuts. You can have a good game, you're great. You have a bad game, you're miserable. So we took that focus off the results and focused on what I call the system, who Norm is, what is his ultimate strength? His best shots were catch-and-shoot threes and attacking the rim in transition. That's all we focus on. And then the system, you add that to the process, process meaning your daily habits. What are you pouring in daily to improve your system? This is watching film of the best players, how they attack the rim, the small details, the half-a-second advantage, the catch-and-shoot, the form, working on it day in and day out. So when you build system plus process, that equals results. Norm went 31 games without shooting anything but those two shots, catch and shoot three and attacking the rim and transition. And before the world shut down in 2020, when it all shut down, the, so Norm was coming off the bench for the Raptors just to set the, set the stage here, and he was coming up on a contract year. The, the Western Conference Player of the Week, final week, was LeBron James. Everybody knows LeBron James. The Eastern Conference Player of the Week was Norm Powell. Because he took away focusing just on the results, focused on the system and the process to equal the results. And he goes on to get the contract, a $90 million contract with the Blazers. Now he's one of the top players playing for the Clippers. So point being is when you think you are in a shooting slump, you think that, hey, I'm not, like, I, I'm not good anymore. I missed my free throws. No, that's because you, you're basing your – like your credibility, who you are on the results. But if you focus on who you truly are, your gifts, the reason that you're in the NBA, that elite skill, and just go day after day, those 1% days that you're putting in, the results will eventually happen. David Nurse is our guest. Uh, you had a book called Breakthrough. Uh, you talk about embracing the pits. And I think I have this correct. Let me see if if this makes sense. I read Kobe's book, the last one that came out a few years mm -hmm. ago. And the one main takeaway that you have from Kobe's book is he talked about not embracing the pits, but his was embracing the grind and realizing that the pleasure that he was getting out of basketball wasn't in the victories. and It wasn't in anything other than the pleasure that he was getting was in the work that it took yeah. to get him and to keep him at an elite level. 
Not everyone has yeah. that same mentality, David, but is there a correlation between the players that you see that take that next step that, that also have to find that process? And how difficult is it sometimes to be able for them to find that process and to help guide them along that path? Man, you know what? It, it's the separator. It is the difference maker. When you understand it's not about winning, it's not about not losing, it is about the joy of competition. And it's funny that you bring that up. Like B.J. Armstrong is a very good friend of mine. He's the, obviously the point guard for Michael Jordan in those first championships. And, and he said the thing that separated Michael was not that he hated to lose and not that he just loved winning, but he, he just loved competition more than anybody else. And that competition is against the opponent. It's the competition like you're talking about with Kobe, the competition against yourself. There is no an I made it moment. And this is what I call insatiable drive. And I can tell in the first five minutes with a player I'm working with, do they have that insatiable drive? Meaning, do they drag me to the gym or do I have to drag them to the gym? Like Kobe, he would drag you to the gym. And I've got a story of a player that I worked with, which you guys will love since he's an OKC player, Shea Alexander. Mm -hmm. When he was coming out of college, I did his pre-draft. So pre-draft is when you're preparing for the NBA draft. And he was – he wasn't known as the Shea he is today. Like, you know, hardly anybody really knew about him. He was kind of overlooked and might have been a – they were talking about mid-20s for his draft pick. But he came in that first workout. In pre-draft, we like to crush the players, just test them, because that's what pre-draft is. They put them through the ringer. And I put Shea through like two and a half hours. He was just soaked, just hard drill after drill. He was eating it all up, just going and going. And I was so tired afterwards. And normally the players just pass out on the floor and – you know, we'll be back at it again the next day. He comes up after that workout, after that incredibly difficult workout. He says, Coach, when are we going tonight? And I was like, wow, this guy's different. He loved the process. He loved the work. And, of course, it pays off. And now you see what Shay Alexander is doing now. But it is that, yeah, it is that love for the, the work. It's the love for the competition, not just with others, but comp- competition in self-growth. Let's stick with SGA. Last one for me is this, is that um, what are your thoughts on how he's evolved as a player now? Um, Star, right, who has kind of a franchise that's on his shoulders now, even as a young guy, but that has embraced it every step of the way. Big things are coming with Oklahoma City with the way that the roster is built now. Chet getting back healthy, hopefully next year. Uh, unlimited, it seems, first-round draft picks that that Sam has still <laughs> has still been able to keep. But what what do you see when you watch SGA play today, and how bright and and how long can the future uh, last that we're in the current level of play that we're seeing from him now go on with how he's handling things? Oh man, to be honest, he's just starting to scratch the surface. Like he had one of the abilities. I also test this when we're working players how quickly can they pick up on things how quickly can they learn and implement he didn't really do much work in the pick and roll at Kentucky we taught him some things he was doing it he was going at NBA all-stars in the offseason and pickup and he was dicing people up in the pick and roll like he's doing now so his his capacity to continue to learn is super high and one thing about about Shea that stands out too is he's fearless so if the whole weight of OKC in the franchise is on his shoulders, he'll embrace that. He won't run from that. Like a lot of players will think about, oh, what if I let it down? Oh, what if it doesn't work? No, 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 no. This guy's fearless, and he's coming at your throat. So his leadership will continue to grow and continue to show. 
David, this has been great, man. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, do we just point people to the website, davidnurse.com, if they want to listen to podcasts or see the books? you got some TED Talks up there as well. It's a uh, wealth of uh, information for sure that anyone can look at, uh, davidnurse.com, if anyone's uh, worried about that. And you're also what uh, – have you written three books, man, for crying out loud? Slow down, dude. You're making all of us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a, I got my uh, third book coming out uh, May 2nd. Okay. And it is basically all we're talking about, and it's how to take action. So everybody has something in their life that's holding them back from where they are today to where they want to be in the future. And it just breaks down the different action archetypes, what's going on in your brain, what's going on in your feelings and your heart, and shows you how to get through those moments. It's, uh, it, it's, it's my favorite one. I mean, I'm biased to all of them, but it's it's my favorite one. Hey, dude, can we get you back on? And, I, and not even from a sports perspective, can we just talk – just regular human being stuff yeah. like how how this can be applicable to anyone that's listening and especially maybe a an underperforming talk show radio host you know on, <laughs> on stuff like that like because i'm at this place hey, where i'm in absolutely. my age where it's i've i finally learned the lesson that every day is about trying to get better about one little thing here or there being yeah. not only a better person yeah. better father better communicator uh but man i yeah. would love to have you back on sometime in the near future and not, not even sports related but just how this can apply to everyday people Dude, that's what I do mostly. More than sports, I do that. Speaking to companies on it, yeah, working with people individually. I, I would love to. Awesome. But, man, just shoot me an email or text me. Email is david at davidnurse.com. And, yeah, let me know, man. I'd love to do it. And, by the way, you are a very good question asker. Oh. I've been on a lot of podcasts and shows. You do a very good job. And that's, I, I don't say that lightly. Like, and Jim Rome's a really good friend of mine. I call him the the top question asker there is. David, David, you're right David, up. Man. You, you gotta stop. David, you you, you should you, stop you, that because I, I'll tell you a little story about me. I'm not too proud of it. But back when I was first going, like Jim Rome is what made me have the sports talk radio bug. Like I'm not proud of, it, but I would skip oh. class to listen to his radio show. Now that didn't necessarily work out too well in the academic department for a while. But um, ultimately, I've got here. But that is. <laughs> That is high praise, man, and I, I greatly appreciate that. Now we got to deal with his ego all no, show stop, long, David. Stop, thanks stop, a man. lot for that. <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> Dave, Dave, David, uh, thanks buddy. so much, man. I really appreciate you today in the extended time. Absolutely. Let's talk soon. All right. That's uh, David Nurse joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Get that smile off your face. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Get that smile off your face. Pop just found his new life coach over here. Like, goodness gracious, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. I don't know what you guys are talking about. He's giddy. He's, He's like a glowing. Oh my goodness. Never seen him look that happy. Uh, thanks a lot, David. Jim Rome Poplin over there. Mm. Rack him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to break. Okay. All right, we'll take a timeout. Uh we'll come back with more next here on the Blitz eleven seventy. Live in the Ike Chili Studios serving Four generations of Tolson since 1908 here on the Blitz. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.